Psalm 131. Lord, my heart is not proud and my eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord now and always. Well, good morning again. You get um, me twice today, so all I can say is lucky you guys. Um, if you haven't met me before, my name's Abby, and uh, I work as a primary school teacher, so I'm enjoying being on my summer holidays at the moment. And uh, usually I lead worship, but today I get the privilege of talking about Psalm 131. So, um, as Jean said, I'm going to talk about this psalm, and then I'll be handing over to Andy, who's going to lead us in another psalm in a few moments. So, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's an awful lot going on in the world at the moment. Um, we read the news, and we hear about more earthquakes in Haiti. Uh, we hear about wildfires going on because of climate change. We hear about the suffering of the people in Afghanistan and all that's going on with the um, global pandemic that's still happening. Um, and that's in the world at large. And there can also be quite a lot going on in our own lives, can't there? So um, maybe if you're a child here today, you might have some back-to-school nerves. I'm a teacher and I've got some back-to-school nerves. Um, Maybe you've got stuff going on with your money. Maybe you've got health stuff going on or stuff going on in your relationships or your work. We're talking about joy at the moment and sometimes joy can seem a bit far away or a bit difficult to access when we're thinking about all those things or we can think, is joy even appropriate um, while all this stuff is going on? Um, but I love this psalm because it gives us a picture of joy that's not the kind of loud, extroverted, exuberant kind of joy that we normally think of, but it's a more kind of peaceful, contented kind of joy that we can find whatever's going on in life and in the world. Um, and it's built on that deep trust and contentment. And the psalm uses a picture of a mother and a baby. So we're um, to treat ourselves like a, a baby in its mother's arms. So I thought I'd better show you a picture of myself as a baby this morning with my mum. So there's my baby picture, my mum looking very young in that picture, um, me obviously looking teeny tiny, and I love that picture because I'm just fast asleep in my mum's arms, um, and I also love it because my mum's really happy in that picture, and I was looking for uh, three baby pictures to show them, and my mum's really happy in all of them, and my dad, because um, they're really happy to have me. And I just wanted to remind you this morning that that's how God feels about you. He's like that mother with a newborn child who's really happy and really excited and just really pleased to have you as part of his family. So as we go through, just keep that picture in mind today of that mother um, who's excited, and that baby who's just really content and at peace and not worried about things. Um, if you are a child in the room today and you want something to do, or if your child are watching online, there is a colouring page for you with, um, of a mum and a baby at the back that you can go and find. And I've also put a couple of questions on there for you. So if you want to colour in, just have a think about how does the mum feel in that picture? How does the baby feel? Um, you might just want to think about it or talk about it with your grown-up. Um, you can write if you want to, but you don't have to. This isn't school. Um, so yeah, whatever you'd like to do. So that's a good way of you thinking about that. Um, so I'm just going to really quickly go through this psalm. It's a really short one. Um, so having a look at verse 1, 
talks about my eyes are not lifted up, I'm not considering things that are too big for me. Basically, it's, it's the psalmist having humility and saying, do you know what, there's so much stuff that I just don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to solve all the problems in the world. I don't know how to help the people who are suffering in Afghanistan. I don't know how to affect climate change. Um, I don't know how to stop earthquakes. I don't know how to stop a global pandemic. And I think that's okay that we don't know. And it's okay that we have big questions. God's big enough for our big questions about all those things. Um, but the good news is that he's, God is not asking us to save the world. He's not asking us to save our friends and families. He doesn't even ask us to save ourselves. He's got that covered. So we can rest in him because he's big enough for all of that stuff. So part of stilling our souls is to say, okay, God, I have all these questions, but it's okay that I don't know because you do. And then the second half of the psalm goes on to talk about how um, I've stilled my soul like a weaned child, like, a, like that baby, like I was in my mum's arms. I wasn't screaming and crying at that point. I'm sure I was sometimes. But at that moment, I was at rest. I was at peace. My mum was holding me. I knew I was safe. I knew my needs were going to be met, so I didn't need to worry about it. And so I just want to talk a little bit about how we still our souls. And so I want to use a phrase that we are very, very used to in Oasis. If you've been around us for probably more than two weeks, you probably heard it. You almost heard the whole thing from Jean. I thought, is she going to say it all this morning? Uh, and that is pause, center, and continue. So if you've been around us for a while, um, we use that phrase a lot, just as a way of helping us to focus back on Jesus and who he is um, and the fact that we can trust him and rest in him. So I just want to invite us to do that right now. So if you feel comfortable, I just want to ask you to maybe hold your hands out and maybe you'd like to close your eyes if you want to, if you're able to, if that feels comfortable for you. And I want you to just to imagine in your hands that you're holding some of those questions that you've got before God. So they might be big questions about the world. They might be questions about your life. There might be worries about the future. There might be things that are going on in your family or your finances or your health. Whatever those things that are causing your soul to be noisy and not still, just hold those. Imagine you're holding them before God right now. I just want to encourage you, let's just take a deep breath together. Let's just breathe in and out. You know, God's really given us our bodies to help us to connect with him. And when we're taking those deep breaths, we're reminding ourselves inside that we're okay, we're safe. God's got us. We're going to be okay. And then I'm just going to invite us to pray together. Again, using our breath. And we're going to pray part of the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, where he says, let your kingdom come. There's a reason Jesus taught us to pray that way because we need his kingdom to come, don't we? And trusting that he's going to do that and he's going to show us our part in it is part of stilling our souls and resting us. So we're going to say these words together. Again, if you feel comfortable, that's absolutely fine if you don't. But if you feel comfortable, as we breathe in, we're going to say, Saviour. We're going to remind ourselves that Jesus is the Saviour. He's the one who saves, not us. 
And then as we breathe out, we're going to say, let your kingdom come. And we're just going to do that three times. So I'll lead us through it and you join in as you feel comfortable. So we're going to inhale, Saviour, and then exhale. Let your kingdom come. Let's inhale together. Saviour, and exhale, let your kingdom come. Let's do that one more time. I'm going to inhale. Saviour. Exhale. Let your kingdom come. Amen. So I hope that just gives you a little way into stilling your soul this morning. I'm now going to hand over to Andy, who's going to lead us through another psalm. Amen. I'm gonna, I've got the opportunity to talk through Psalm 150, and I'm reading from the message. And I'm going to be joined by some friends as we look at this psalm together. Really, I see this as a, a time to experience Psalm 150. Feel free at any point during this to stand up, to sing. Uh, we're going to do little bits of singing as we go along, because I'm doing it. And uh, my friends are going to join me. James is going to start with some synthy sounds. Go for it. Ah. Still yourselves as we come and praise God. This is the last psalm in the Bible. And we're going to praise God as we go through the psalm together. I'm going to read it out first and we'll go through it section by section. Hallelujah. Praise God in his holy house of worship. Praise him under the open skies. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his magnificent greatness. Praise him with a blast on the trumpet. Praise him by strumming soft strings. Praise him with castanets and dance. Praise him with banjo and flute. Praise him with cymbals and a big bass drum. Praise him with fiddles and mandolin. Let every living, breathing creature praise God. Hallelujah. And I'm going to sing a refrain that you can join in with me. And it will come back to this little refrain from time to time. And it simply goes, praise and praise and praise and praise to our God. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise to our God. Sing that with me. Praise. 
praise to our God. One more time, let's sing it together. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise to our God. Hallelujah. Literally, hallelujah means praise Yah, praise God. Yah is a shortened version of Yahweh, which is the Hebrew name for God. It's the Hebrew name for Creator God. It's not just any God. This is Creator God. And hallelujah, we could just shout out, praise God. And many of you may have heard my father who comes to the church. He's not here tonight, today, I don't think. And he goes, hallelujah. He seems to add in a little extra L somewhere, which uh, highly amuses me. It didn't amuse me much when I was a kid, but that's okay. Um, but I like it now. Hallelujah. And in the Psalms, hallelujah, what it, what it really means is, come on, let's praise God. It's not really just a way of saying praise God. It's come on, come on community, let's praise God. So whenever you see hallelujah, it's often this phrase that says, let's praise God. And the rest of the psalm unpacks that. Hallelujah. Praise him in his holy house of worship. I think you probably agree with me that the last 17 months has been really hard. And one of the many things that's been hard is not being able to meet together like this in his holy house of worship. I think it takes on a whole new depth, this passage, this phrase, now that we get a chance to be together. Some of us that can, and those of you that are home, maybe you haven't felt it's time to come here and that's fine, but there will come a time. There will come a time where we can be together and sing praise to Jesus. What a joy to be, get, to be, what a joy to be together in this space. Um, but I think we've learned a lot not to take this for granted. And at Gathering as a people online, we have had to find new and fresh ways to praise God. We've had to learn how to praise God in our kitchens, in our lounges, in our bedrooms, in other people's houses maybe, maybe in the garden if you're fancy and don't mind disturbing the neighbors. And I think that's a good thing. Some of us might not have done that before. Some of us might not have worshipped God in our home. And I think we can declare that this, that, that this is something we want to continue. I think there's also, well, also the fact that God, you know, we can't just stuff God away in a church, in a church building, that God is everywhere. Uh, many of us throughout lockdown have had to learn how to carve a space in our hearts and minds to create a mini house of worship. It's like a mini sanctuary in our hearts. And particularly if we found online church difficult. And I do know that a lot of people have found online challenging, online church, and that, that there's been a need to create space in our lives for the holy house of God to be with us at all times. And I think that is something that is amazing and that we need to keep cultivating.
yet there is a time for us to come together. And it's such a privilege to be with you guys today, but it's such a privilege when we can all come together as a family again. Praise him under the open skies. Again, over the past year or so, this has probably become more important for many of us. As we've learned to go out for walks, for a, in the early days it was for a maximum of an hour. Uh, we could go for a run, maybe get out a little bit. Maybe some of us have learned to go out a bit further afield, maybe by some rivers, by some lakes. I live next to Edgebasson Reservoir and it's been amazing to go out and walk around the reservoir and just centre my mind again, particularly working from home or all those things, distractions, Netflix maybe, um, other things that can, might get in the way, just getting out into the open and, and giving a chance for nature to speak the glory of God over us. Again, something that we need to keep as we move forward. The psalm gives this sense that it is crazy to keep the praise of God hidden in a room or a church or a house that there's always an overflowing and a spilling over of praise as all creation praises Yahweh. Remember, Yahweh is the Hebrew word for creator God. Praise him for his acts of power. For some reason, it's easy to forget what God has done in our lives and in our families' lives. And as kids, that's, if there are kids in the room, some of there are, it's easy to forget that as well. It's easy to forget what's happened in the history of our church and of this nation and of the nations. This is why the Bible often reminds the people of God to remember what he has done in their history, how he has provided for them and rescued them and guide, guided them. And if you're too young to remember what God has done in your life, I would challenge you to ask your parents, what has God done in our life as a family? How has God provided for us? How has God guided us? Maybe some of you are new to church and you haven't got a family you can talk to. How about people in this room or people in a small group that you can find? So how has God provided for you? When you look back at the last five, 10, 20 years, when have been the moments that God has broken in and done something amazing? Should we sing? Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise to our God. And again. Praise Him. Praise him, praise him, praise to our God, praise him for his magnificent greatness. It is also helpful to remind ourselves of the greatness of God, of his goodness, remind ourselves of his beauty. Remind ourselves of his love and grace and the wonder of his sustaining and life-giving power, the way that he has chosen to be so closely involved in the lives of his people and ultimately to pay the greatest price of all, 
to suffer and to die and to rise again so that all of us can know God as Father and to be welcomed into his family as sons and daughters of the God above all gods, the King above all kings. Praise him for his magnificent greatness. Are you with me? Yeah. Amen. Let's sing again. with a blast on the trumpet. This is where we're going to start getting some of my friends involved. In a minute, Peter's going to come out and blast the trumpet, but I'm just going to say a couple of things first. In the Bible, the trumpet is an announcement. It's the arrival of the king. Even today, we know that when Queen Elizabeth II enters a room, often, not always, there will be some trumpeters who will blast out an announcement that the queen has arrived. It's a majestic moment. Three thousand years ago, when this psalm would have been written, this would have been some kind of animal horn and would often have been blown when going into battle or to signal the coming of the presence of Yahweh, the Hebrew name for the God of creation. So as we welcome the presence of God into this room, Peter's going to blast the trumpet. welcome the presence of God into this space. We welcome the presence of God into our homes. We announce the arrival of the King of Kings, the God of Gods. Praise him with soft strings. There is a beauty in the imperfection of the way that stringed instruments sound. They're never quite 100% in tune. Joe Coble will probably disagree with me. And when there's lots of violins together, there's almost this great beauty as this sound that's not quite in tune, but is in tune, just resonates out and makes this beautiful sound. 
And in a sense, to me, it's a little bit like humanity. This frailness, this slightly out of tuneness that's beautiful when we come together. In the Bible, it talks about the harp and lyre, which would have been some simple stringed instrument. Again, about 3,000 years ago, it wouldn't have looked like the harps we have nowadays. But David, who had become king, one of the great kings of Israel, played a stringed instrument that the Bible called a harp or lyre. And he used this instrument throughout his life to write songs and to write poetry to God and for the people of God. In the book of Samuel, you can find the story set before David became king. The king at the time was King Saul. And the story tells us that he had a troubled spirit. And David would come into the house of King Saul and would begin to play his stringed instrument. And calm and peace would fill that house. There's a beautiful sense of the Holy Spirit filling the house and pushing out fear and anxiety and hate. Joe Cope was going to lead us in that. Just receive the Holy Spirit as she plays. receive the Spirit of God in your homes or in the room. I'm going on too long, so I'm going to have to speed up. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, yeah, Holy Spirit, we receive you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you drive out anxiety and fear and hate. That you breathe in peace and calm. And we receive that. Praise him with castanets and dancing. I haven't prepared my band for this. No, they're not going to dance, I don't think. <laughs> uh, later on in David's life, soon after he became king, he led a great march as very slowly the people of Israel brought the Ark of God into Jerusalem. This is different to the Ark that Noah was in. The Bible says that the Ark of God bears the name of Yahweh. It was the physical representation of God's presence on this earth and would eventually be placed in the Holy of Holies in the temple. 
As King David led this very slow march, bringing the Ark of God into Jerusalem, they celebrated playing instruments and castanets and flutes and lyres. And David danced. He danced so much that this embarrassed his wife. And she thought he looked foolish. But there's an exuberance as he knew what it was to bring the Ark of God into the holy city of Jerusalem. And he celebrated through dance. And we can do that at some point. It's a bit of a waltz, this, isn't it? It's like a bit, not a waltz, it's a slow music. But we may get slightly faster, we'll see. Let's sing. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise to our God. Praise Him with banjo and flute. We haven't got a banjo, but we have got a flute today. Early mentions of the flute or, or the pipe in the Hebrew Bible, which is the Old Testament, there's a story where King Saul, who was king before David, he meets a band of prophets who are coming down from a high place. And in the Bible, often a high place represents somewhere that you meet with God. And they're playing instruments, one of which is the flute. And they're prophesying, they're speaking truth and wonder about God and from God over his people. In the book of Job, Job mentions rejoicing at the sound of the flute. And he also mentions the flute representing the sound of weeping. Other religions at the time often thought the flute represented the voice of God. And so this sense of this prophecy, this comfort, this joy. In Isaiah, in the middle of a whole section about God going into battle to bring justice to the nations, there's this fascinating verse where speaking to the people of God, he says, But you will sing, sing through an all-night holy feast. Your hearts will burst with song. Make music like the sound of flutes on parade, en route to the mountain of God, on the way to the rock of Israel. Abby's going to play flute now. And as she plays, let's open our hearts and minds to receive the word of God, the voice of God.
Thank you, guys. These guys have not rehearsed this particularly. That's all improvised on the moment in the Spirit of God. Um, praise Him with cymbals and a big bass drum. We're going to go through this section really fast as we look to maybe celebrate. Dan, do you feel ready to come in with a beat? Go on. Praise him with cymbals and a big bass drum. We celebrate who God is with instruments that are loud and crash and bang. Because it's not just a quiet thing, it's a loud thing as we proclaim the goodness of God. Praise him with fiddles and mandolin. We're just going to go through this next time. Go for it, guys. Praise God. Amen.